Today, we are going to be continuing in the Gospel of John. We're still in chapter 4, and uh, we'll go ahead, we'll read the text, and then, and then we'll pray and uh, break it down after that. Sound good? Today, I will be reading out of the NIV, and we are going to be starting in verse 43 of John chapter 4. There will also be the slides behind me on the screen. All right. After the two days, he left for Galilee. Now, Jesus himself had pointed out that a prophet has no honor in his own country. When he arrived in Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him. They had seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the Passover festival, for they also had been there. Once more, he visited Cana in Galilee, where he had turned the water into wine. And there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. When this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son, who was close to death. Unless you people see signs and wonders, Jesus told him, you will never believe. The royal official said, sir, come down before my child dies. Go, Jesus replied, your son will live. The man took Jesus at his word and departed while he was still on the way, his servants met, uh, met him with the news that his boy was living. When he inquired as to the time when his son got better, they said to him, Yesterday, at one in the afternoon, the fever left him. The father realized that this was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, Your son will live. So he and his whole household believed. This was the second sign Jesus performed after coming from Judea to Galilee. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for giving us your holy written word uh, that is without error and that you gave to us so that we would, we would know you and we would know what you want for our lives. God, we're so thankful for your word. Lord, I pray that each person here right now would have ears to hear and that we would have hearts to receive, Lord. I pray that your Holy Spirit is, is in this room, active and moving and teaching a, wor a word, a message to our hearts that goes so much deeper than anything I can say. God, I pray that you would just send your Holy Spirit upon me right now to preach this in a way that is glorifying and, and, and honoring to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I titled today's message, The Sincere. Uh, what we find in this, in this man who's approaching Jesus is sincerity. He um, has this attitude of sincerity, and it's different than what Jesus was, was seeing in many of the Galileans and many of the, of the Jewish people. He wasn't seeing a lot of sincerity, and we find in this man sincerity. Here's the thing. We're all looking for sincerity, right? We're looking for it, like, like in relationships, in, in business, uh, in, in the products that we use and the food that we eat. We want people to be sincere, don't we? Uh, and the thing is, we, we can't stand insincerity. Like nobody likes it. We even like we can smell it from a mile away sometimes when somebody's being fake or hypocritical. Uh, we can we can tell and we, we don't like it. Right. That's why people often talk about how they hate salesmen. 
right? Anybody in the sales force, right? Like I had to do sales as part of my job, right? Sometimes people are like, I hate salesmen. The thing is, I don't really think they hate salesmen. I think that they just hate aggressive salesmen and more specifically, insincere salesmen, right? When you can tell that they don't even really believe in what they um, are selling, when they don't even really believe uh, in the product uh, or that they don't really care about what you need or what you want, they uh, kind of give off this vibe, this smell. You go, ah, oh, man, you're insincere. I don't like it. I, I, I don't want it. So um, I think sincerity is one of the things that we value most in others. It makes us feel like we can actually know the person, that we can actually trust them or be close to them. Um, someone we feel in, that is insincere, we often distance ourselves from and somebody that is sincere we will be drawn to and want to have a closer relationship with right okay so what makes an insincere uh, insincere person well it's oftentimes that they um, don't have a good relationship with the truth right they lie a lot um, for example I've did some found some statistics and according these are just interesting stats on lying okay so according to a 2002 study 60% uh, of adults can't have a 10-minute conversation without, without lying at least once. <laughs> Isn't that pretty bad, right? Like, without even lying once, some sort of fib or uh, intentional exaggeration of the truth, uh, they can't even go a 10-minute conversation without lying at least once. According to one estimate, 40% of people lie on their resumes. Um, and uh, for all you single people out there, a study found that a whopping 90% of people looking for a date online lie on their profile. So, careful out there, all right? <laughs> I don't have to worry about that because I'm already married. So, I'm sorry. Uh, Charles Spurgeon once said, sincerity makes the very least person to be more of more value than the most talented hypocrite. And I think that's really true, isn't it? S sincerity is something that I think all people uh, believers are not value. We value people who are real and honest and, and true. Um, and so we see that in this man. So let's look at this text. And I have four points about his sincerity that I think we can learn from. And then we're also going to be able to learn some stuff about healing and um, our relationship with God as well through this passage. So verse 43, we'll pick up there again and, and kind of break this text down. After the two days, he left for Galilee. Now, Jesus himself had pointed out that a prophet has no honor in his own country. When he arrived in Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him. They had seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the Passover festival, for they also had been there. So after the two days he left for Galilee, where was he leaving from? Well, he was leaving from Samaria, as we talked about the last two weeks with the woman at the well. There was this um, opportunity that Jesus um, really jumped on when he met this woman at the well. And she was a Samaritan woman. He, he um, really miraculously knew like everything about her life. She was blown away by it. She gathers like the whole village. And Jesus stays there for a couple days teaching these people. And these people are believing in Jesus. These, these Samaritans who were kind of like a Jewish cult who um, were really hated by the Jews, are now receiving Jesus. They're, they're some of the first to truly receive the Messiah, 
right? So that's pretty amazing. And, and Jesus uses this opportunity. He spends all this time with the people that the Jews had written off. They said, you know, God's not going to work with the Samaritans. The Samaritans are too far gone. They're like a cult. They're no good. We hate them. We, we, we walk um, on different trails just to get around them. We don't even want to be near them. We don't even want to talk to them. We don't want to do trade with them. They hated them. Yet Jesus goes there to the people that uh, the Jewish people the Jews really hated and instead brings the gospel to them and the people are believing. And that's really important because here it says that Jesus himself had pointed out that the pro that a prophet has no honor in his own country. And so we see in Judea and Galilee, um, people were only believing if they could see signs. That was one of the things that was really bothering Jesus is that they had to see it with their eyes to believe. Whereas the Samaritans were believing, it says, because they heard his message, because they heard what he taught. Right. That's a greater faith. Instead of saying, uh, I'll believe it when I see it. They were listening to the words of Jesus and believing him on his word, which is a better faith, which is what Jesus was looking for. Now, Jesus was finding quite the opposite oftentimes in Judea and Galilee. And so it says that he um, had no, found no honor in these places. And we find even um, that he had the least honor in his own hometown. Now, let's pick up here. So we see that generally the Galileans had been uh, people who had only really wanted to believe if they could see a sign. And so we see that this man is coming and he's looking for something as well. He is looking for his son to be healed. And my first point is that he, this man had sincere love. I really do believe that. Let's look at this verse here in 46. Once more, he visited Cana in Galilee, where he had turned the water into wine. And there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. When this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son, who was close to death. Right. So this man goes from Capernaum to Cana, which is 25 miles away, and it's an uphill walk with the hopes that this man is going to be able to heal his son. So he hears about this guy who had transformed water into wine and done other miracles at the Passover feast. And he says, I want to go to this man. I'm going to ask him to heal my child. This guy was a government official. So he had a lot of status. He probably was fairly wealthy. But you know what? None of that matters when your child is laying there dying. Amen. His child is laying there dying. And you know what? It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter what your social status is. In that moment, you find yourself in complete des desperation. Right. My child is dying. So he says, and obviously nothing else was working. So it says that he's close to death. So he goes, I heard there's a guy who can do some crazy stuff. I'm going to walk 25 miles uphill to go and find him, to go and meet him. I believe he had sincere love for his child. Which brings me to the second point, which is that he had a sincere motive when he went to Jesus. Let's look at verse 48. Because Jesus says to him, unless you people see signs and wonders, Jesus told him, you will never believe. That's harsh, right? This guy's coming to Jesus and he's begging Jesus. Hey, my, my son is sick. He's at the point of death. And Jesus is like, you guys won't believe unless you see signs. 
turns it into a moment of rebuke for all the people of Israel. Look here, verse 49. The royal official said, sir, calm down before my child dies. Just calm down before my child dies. He had sincere motive. Many of the people who were coming to Jesus were just looking for Jesus to do some cool stuff, right? They're just like, hey, we want to see a cool miracle. We want to see a cool sign. Can we just see it? But this man comes to Jesus with a sincere motive that he wants his child to live. He had sincere love for his child, which then in relationship with Jesus meant he had a sincere motive that he truly just wanted to see Jesus heal his child. So Jesus says to this, go, Jesus replied, your son will live. And look at this. The man took Jesus at his word and departed, which means the man had sincere faith. This is exactly what Jesus is looking for. People who will take him at his word, right? Like he, he was, Jesus was fed up with the people who simply wanted to see the signs and, and it was kind of the attitude of like, if we see it, then we'll believe it. But this man takes Jesus at his word and it's exactly what Jesus was looking for. So the man gets to see his son Healed, as we'll continue here. John uh, 4.51. When he was still on the way, his servants met him with the news that his boy was living. When he, when he inquired as to the time when his son got better, they said to him, Yesterday at one in the afternoon, the fever left him. Then the father realized that was the exact time at which Jesus said to him, Your son will live. So he and his whole household believed. This was the second sign Jesus performed after coming from Judea to Galilee. It's a sincere testimony, right? He had sincere love for his child. He had a sincere motive in going to Jesus. He had sincere faith when Jesus spoke. And now he has a sincere testimony when he's telling others and people start to believe. Amen? He had a sincere testimony. Man, we can learn a lot about sincerity for sure, but I'm sure that some of the questions are, well, why doesn't God heal all of the time? We got to have this conversation at our Alpha group this last Thursday, and the truth is um, Jesus did so much healing in large part because he was fulfilling prophecy as the Messiah. So that's one of the things that you have to know right up the front is that Jesus was the Messiah. And a lot of these healings that he performed were specific things that he had to fulfill. But nonetheless, God's heart is still to heal. And Jesus healed in the amount and the quantity that he did because truly because he was filling prophecy, but we see that even the early church were seeing all sorts of healing. God was doing all sorts of miraculous work and healing people everywhere. So today, why don't we see more healing is often the question. Why didn't God heal this person or heal my mother or heal this friend of mine when we were praying for them? That question comes up a lot. And you know, I... I don't know that there is a perfect answer for it, but I am more convinced 
today than I ever have been that God truly does want to heal people. But he also has a sovereign will in which he is working all things out for good for those who love him. And so we have to understand that balance. But I think that some people um, are so skeptical or, or they were burned, you know, the last time they prayed for healing. They kind of, their, their hearts were, were yearning to see it and then they didn't see it. And so now they don't even really want to pray for healing. They, they kind of just have written off the idea altogether. I really think that happens a lot. People write it off altogether. They say, well, I just don't know if God, that works today or in this part of the world. Um, so we write it off altogether. And I don't think in scripture we're ever encouraged to write it off altogether. All Instead, we're told to pray for the sick. That's a charge. It's a command. Go and pray for the sick. We see that, you know, it's, we're told that there, the church should have the sick come forward and the elders anoint them with oil and pray for them expectantly. And let me tell you, when, when we are expectant and we're willing to pray, we're not just going to write it off. God does heal. He heals often. He heals a lot. And so I would encourage you, don't write it off. Truly go and pray for the sick. Pray for those who are, who are hurting. And if God doesn't heal at that time, don't let it shake your faith. Know that he has a sovereign plan that he is working out. But don't be ashamed to ask for what you want. So often uh, the prayer is kind of like, hey, God, if, if, if it's your will and, and if it's OK that we're asking this and I'm sorry that I'm asking this, would you please maybe if you're in the mood, please heal this person? Like that's the kind of prayer that I often feel is, is happening when someone is sick. Right. And, and when they're in that position, like or you're praying for someone you love, I would encourage you, beg, right? Like this man is, the, 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 in the Greek, it's really, he's coming and he's begging Jesus, please heal my child. And Jesus starts to teach about something. He's like, no, please just heal him. Please, please just heal him. Beg. Like there, let's say, let's say maybe it isn't God's will. Why would you feel guilty for not knowing that? Just go and ask. Right. The charge is pray for the sick. The charge is ask for what you need. That's what Jesus tells us. So go and pray. I truly believe it's important that we we truly seek God for healing. Now, of course, God also uses modern uh, science and, and, and technology and these things, medicine to heal as well. And so um, pray. And also, you know, if you got a headache, take some Advil. <laughs> right? Like you also, God has also given us these things for us to go and, and really uh, find healing in that sense as well. But I would say, pray, don't be ashamed of it. Go and pray. The other thing, this man's love for his child, I think is a great picture of how much Jesus um, or how much the father loves Jesus. I'm sorry, I can't talk today. How much the father loves us that he sent Jesus Right. This man, he was like, I, I will run up this mountain 25 miles as fast as I can to go and see if this guy that I heard about might be able to save my son. And he begs with the man, please save my child. I believe that that's a perfect picture of how much God loves us, that he sent his only son to die on a cross for our sins. And he raised him from the dead so that we could have freedom from sin and death. Amen. 
It's a perfect picture. I, I, I love that this man it would do anything for his child. You know, having children of my own, I'm like, there's no distance that I wouldn't run for their health so that they would be alive. And I think, you know, fathers would be able to relate to that. There's nothing I wouldn't do for them. And let me tell you right now, or that is how God views you. As a child, that there's no you know there's no limit to what he will do for you. He loves you. He will go all the way for you. He laid Jesus' life down for you because he loves you. I love that this man just has true and sincere love for his child. You know, we need more of that in the world. There's too many deadbeat dads in this world. There are too many people who will abandon their children. There are too many orphanages filled because men won't stand up and just love their child and be a man. Amen. And we see that in this man. He has a sincere and true love that he would run a marathon uphill to save his child. He has a sincere love. And then more than that, he had a sincere motive in approaching Jesus. Sometimes people want to pray for healing just because they want to see if God's even real. This man has a sincere motive. This is not just a sign to him. This isn't just like a cool thing. This is his son's life. So he has a sincere motive. And then he had, we talked about sincere faith. He did, when Jesus said, go, your son will live. He didn't say, that's a long walk. Are you sure? Right? Like, if I'm being honest, I'll be like, could you come, though? <laughs> right? Like, I would be like, uh, but, like, could you cut, like, just a couple days out of your schedule? We'll, we'll go down there, like, just to make sure. Like, no, he believed Jesus at his word. That's sincere faith. Jesus said, your son is healed, and he believed that his son was. That's powerful. When Jesus tells us something, we're supposed to take him at his word. We're not supposed to go, okay, when it happens, then I'll believe you, God. That's not sincere faith. Sincere faith is taking Jesus at his word. This man did that. And then because he was sincere in all these other areas, can you imagine what it was like when he was sharing this testimony with people? He wasn't some, you know, dirty salesman trying to pull tactics on people to get them to believe something that they didn't want to believe, right? No, he sincerely was like, I traveled all this distance because you know how much I love my son. So I was like, maybe this guy can heal him. And I went to this man and he said, go, he's, he's healed. And I believed him. And then he was healed at the exact hour. Like imagine his testimony. And it says that all of his household believed he had a sincere testimony because he truly was sincere in all the other areas. So my, my question for us today, are you sincere? Are you sincere with God? In prayer, when you approach him, are you sincere in love towards God? Are you sincere in your requests to God? Are you sincere in your motives when you, when you go and pray? Are you sincere in your faith? What about with others? What about in your community group or in your you know, business or work or 
with your family? Are you sincere with other people? Or do you find yourself lying a lot or like fibbing a lot or making things sound better than they are because of pride? Are you a sincere person? More importantly, are you sincere with yourself? Because that one that one, the 60% um, of people lie in a 10-minute conversation, in the study they found that many of them were surprised that they had lied. Until they went back and listened to the conversations, they realized that they did. Right? They're just so used to fibbing or, or exaggerating things that it's just natural to them. Are you even sincere with yourself? Are you even aware of who you are, of what you're like? I, I believe that as much value that our culture and uh, even as individuals, as much value as we take um, in sincerity, I believe God values it even more. I really believe that God values our sincerity even more because he is always true. He is never a hypocrite. He never lies. These things are contrary to his very nature. So God, more than anyone, values a sincere faith, a sincere heart, a sincere Person. I mean, really, the idea of hypocrisy is just to put on a mask. It's the opposite of sincerity. Sincerity is here I am. Hypocrisy is here I am, putting on a mask, something, it's a charade, it's, it's fake. Paul, the apostle, when, when writing to Timothy, he says this in chapter 1, The aim of our charge is love that issues from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Paul, in his teaching, he's saying, hey, we, we're telling you all of these things because we have this desire for you to have a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. I really believe for each one of us here today, there's an area that maybe we're not being sincere. And maybe you would say, well, I'm not lying, but you're really just hiding something about yourself, right? Well, I'm, not, I'm not lying, I'm just not being open, right? There's, there's this lack of sincerity if it's in relationships or if it's with God. Now, I'm not saying that everybody you meet, you just gotta spill out your guts, right? Like, oh, here's my, here's my deepest, darkest secrets. That's not what I'm telling you, but I'm saying, are you sincere in nature, right? Like, are you real with people? Are you real about who you are? Are you real in your motives in relationships? Because here's the thing, you're probably not hiding things as well as you think you are. Now, people may not be able to put their finger right on it and go, this is exactly the spot that they're being insincere. This is exactly the lie that they're telling. They may not know exactly what it is, but they're probably aware that you're not being sincere. Right? People can, t they can, they can smell it from a mile away. They can tell, like, something, you're not being sincere here. So I'd say you're not fooling people as well as you think. Right? Right? So be a sincere person. And more importantly, when you're going to God, like you can't hide anything from him. And so sometimes in prayer, like 
What are your prayers like? Are you trying to go, okay, God, like, uh, uh, like I'm trying to prove myself here? Or do you just go God and go, go to God and say, here are my doubts. Here are the areas where I'm um, confused. Here are the areas where I'm angry. Here are the areas where I'm hurt. Here are the areas that I haven't let go of. If you go to God with a sincere heart, let me tell you right now that you will find your relationship with him to grow. If you go to others um, with a sincere attitude, with sincere motives in your relationships, you will see those relationships grow. You will see that people like to be around you more. And if you're sincere with yourself, stop lying to yourself. Stop, stop thinking, oh, I'm something that I'm not. If you're sincere with yourself and you find, if you find that difficult, get some people you trust to help you be more self-aware, right? Because God truly values sincerity. Here's the amazing thing is that he knows all of our junk. He knows all of your lies. He knows all of your hypocrisy. And yet he's still the God who would go as far as he possibly could to rescue you. He's still the God that loves you specifically and individually. On the cross, Jesus knew about every one of your sins. And so even though he values sincerity more than anybody else, nonetheless, he loves you more than anybody else. And you can't say that about anyone else, right? Because that's why we're insincere sometimes, because we're afraid of what will happen if we really put ourselves out there. We're afraid that the person will hurt, like they'll hurt us if we're sincere with them. Or we're afraid if we really let some of our, our garbage be seen, that people won't want to be around us anymore. But we do not ever have to be that way with God because he knows it all and he still loves us. Amen. That is the love that we have from God, our father, a sincere love from the one who values sincerity more than anyone else. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for all that you are doing in this church. Thank you for this word. Lord, thank you for the people that have come here today. God, I pray that we would learn to be sincere. Lord, you are the most sincere. When you say that you love us, it's sincere. When you say that you want to heal, it's a sincere thing that you want to do. Lord, you, you truly do want to heal. Lord, I pray that we would start taking you at your word. We would stop doubting that you do work all things out for our good. We would stop doubting that you want to heal. We would stop doubting that you love us even when we're in our worst moments, Lord. That, Lord, we wouldn't doubt that there's nothing we can do to earn your love. That we would stop trying to work our way into heaven and just realize that you know all of our junk. You know all of the garbage and yet you still love us. Thank you, God. I pray that you would teach us how to be sincere. Lord, that's what sanctification is. That's what being made holy is, is we're becoming more and more like you. And you are the God of truth. You never lie and you're never hypocritical. And so, Lord, we want to learn that from you, from your spirit being in us, showing us the value, the importance of sincerity. Lord, I pray during this time of worship that if there's areas that we just haven't brought to you, that we would bring it to you. If there's people that we've been lying to, Lord, that you would convict our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.